Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, this uh, rainy, cool Thursday morning. Thank you for the opportunity for us to come together as a tribe, uh, to be an encouragement to each other, and just to help us again um, as it's foggy. Uh, this morning, I just ask you to help remove the fog in our lives um, that are inhibiting us from seeing you this morning, Lord. And just ask again for your Holy Spirit to be... Um, alive, vibrant within our our hearts and minds this morning as uh, Rick uh, prepared a message for us that that message would be encouraging and equipping this morning, Lord. We just thank you. Thank you for Rick and his continual leadership. Uh, I ask you to bless him and Faye and the kids, the boys, and their business. We just thank you. We love, we love you, Lord, and we love you, Rick. Thank you again, Jesus. Amen. Rick Meyer, good morning. Thanks Amen. for being Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jerry. Thanks for that prayer, and that's exactly my heart as well. You know, this is a small piece of time that we get to spend together each morning, but hopefully it is encouraging, mutually encouraging for everybody, and that we would all be encouraged by the Spirit and yes. move and engage our culture with more Jesus, because we all know that needs to happen, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. Um, so this morning, I was, thought I'd just share some of my own uh, thoughts that have been rolling around my head. I've been spending my, my daily devotional time in Revelation, uh, which is always a interesting book, but I feel like I've this time around have, I've really gleaned some really thoughtful stuff I haven't thought about before. And, and in conjunction with that, I, I listened to a sermon by Francis Chan called Lukewarm and Loving It. Oh and I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was, uh, it was a very, convicting sermon i recommend it to all of you um but it was kind of based on revelation chapter three uh and this is where jesus is talking to all the churches and this one specifically to the church at laodicea and it says these are the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the ruler of god's creation i know your deeds that you are neither hot nor cold i wish you were either one of one of those. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, mm-hmm. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Okay. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And you read that, and you know, at first my my response is, well, I don't say that I'm rich, so that's a good thing. <laughs> um, but one thing Francis Chan pointed out is actually I am rich. Mm-hmm. When I look at myself in comparison to the rest of the world's population, almost half the world—that's over three billion people—live on less than two fifty a day. Wow. At least eighty percent of humanity lives on less than ten dollars a day. Mm. I spent fourteen fifty 
on fish and chips at the Shays yesterday. Mm. And 80% of the world's population lives on less than $10 a day. So the first reality is I am rich. Jerry, you are rich. Yes. As is everyone on this call compared to the rest of the world. So that's the bad news. Um, this makes me think of some passages in the, in the Bible where Jesus specifically addresses the idea of wealth with people. Um, and one of those is in Luke 19, the story of Zacchaeus, uh, which I'm sure many of us are familiar with, but essentially it's a short little wealthy tax collector man um, who is interested in, in this Jesus character who's come into town. And Jesus is walking down the road, and because he's short, he climbs this sycamore fig tree and trying to look out for Jesus. And in typical Jesus fashion, he stops. I just imagine a large crowd follow him and lots of people, and he just stops, looks up in the tree, sees this little Danny DeVito type man and says, hey, Zacchaeus, I want to come eat with you tonight. And again, he specifically calls out a tax collector who is, from my understanding, generally hated within their own community. Uh, they extort a lot of the of their own people. And so Zacchaeus is, is rather um, surprised and, and, he, and he responds with just like, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to give away half of what I have. Um, and I'm going to, if, if I wronged anyone, I'm going to pay him back four times. And, and then Jesus is like, well, that's today. Salvation has come to your home. Mm. And it seems to be a clear, a clear shift in Zacchaeus's heart from his desire for wealth and what that can seemingly promise and into this desire of, I just want to, Jesus, I just want to be with you. I want to know you. You're worth more than any of this, all that I'm leaving behind. And I want to, I want to go after you. Um, There's another story about a rich young ruler, which is, a different response than Zacchaeus. So I think it's really interesting and critical to look at both. And the story of the rich young ruler is uh, simply that. And he comes to Jesus and he starts asking what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus says, well, you need to obey the commandments. And he's like, well, that's good news. Cause I did that. I've been doing that since I was a kid. And he kind of just sounds like this arrogant, pompous, rich guy. He's like, yeah, got it, check. Uh, And he's like, what else do I need to do? And uh, Jesus, uh, in one version of the Bible, says he looks at him and he looks at his heart. And I just so I get this kind of feeling that that Jesus kind of peers in to who he is as a human being and sees where he his where his treasure is. And so Jesus responds, go and sell everything you have and give it all to the poor. Mm. And the rich young ruler turned away sad and, and left. And then Jesus goes and says this, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. That's a really hard pill to swallow because again, if you all agree with me on the presumption that we are all rich, well, then it's impossible, impossible for us to enter the kingdom of God. So that's the bad news. Fortunately, the story doesn't end there. 
And Jesus goes on to say, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Mm-hmm. What is impossible with men is possible with God. Mm-hmm. So as I've read this, as I listen to that sermon, I've just, I feel like I've, I've, for, I would say most of my adult life, this idea of many things, but one of the, one of the things that I've struggled to understand and bring into balance in my life is this idea of money. Ever since I was 18, I've been saving money for retirement. And my dad just instilled that in me in a very young age, which, you know, again, most people say, well, that's great. You need to be prepared. But I also feel like it's something that can hold on to the affections of my heart, Mm. which, according to what I've just read, doesn't seem to be what Jesus wants from us. Mm -hmm. And so literally I've gone, I I don't know, maybe a year ago, I went through this thing of like, maybe, maybe I'm the rich young ruler and, and God's calling me to just sell everything. You know, maybe that's what he wants me to do. So I'm I'm talking to Faye and say, Babe, what if we just liquidated our 401k? <laughs> Everything we have in savings, we just got rid of it and gave it away. What do you think of that? <laughs> she said, well, let's talk about that before you do it. And so, and as I've just kind of processed that with her, realizing that I don't feel like, so maybe God is calling, he called at least one person in history to sell everything, right? That was a rich young ruler. So that might be his call in your life. But for me, I don't think that was because I I began to realize a very simple truth, which you all know, and that is that it's not about the money. It's about your heart in that. And and it's about what you value. So you value, am I valuing acquiring wealth, which with it, you know, brings this false sense of security and peace? Is that what I'm, is that what my heart's set on? Mm. is it set on things of this world as opposed to things above so i didn't sell everything and i realized that that's not what not what that's not what god is calling me to and so what 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 are we left with and and so me it's not it's not resolved in my mind i still struggle i work really hard at my job um and so a lot of my energy and efforts are focused on that. So it's this tension of like, I'm doing that. And I think I'm, I should be doing that. God calls us to work hard and, and whatever we put our hands to that we, we do it with everything we have. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't set, I can't, I can't let my heart go with that. Mm-hmm. I need to work hard on that and shelter my heart from being attached to those things. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously where your treasure is there, your heart will also be or where your heart is, your treasure will also be. So wanting to, to shelter that. So kind of wanting to, to provide some encouragement, the end of that Revelation chapter, if you remember, says this. So be earnest and repent. Mm. Talks about staying at the door and knocking and open it. And then it says, to him who overcomes... I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. So I feel like the response, my response is to be earnest and repent, to let Jesus in. He's knocking to let him in and allow him to help me to overcome. In first John four, four, he talks about how um, 
the one who is in us is greater than one who is in the world. So he, by the Holy Spirit, allows us to overcome the world. In Revelation 21.7, it says this, He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Mm. So I feel like daily, if not hourly, I need to strive to overcome the things of this world, to recognize the tension that, that we all live in, we are rich, but through the power of Jesus and what he did to overcome this world, that same power lives in us by his spirit, and we are able to overcome those, those tension, that tension, those things that can pull at our heart. You know, I think about the, the parable of the, of the person who finds a treasure in a field, and he's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Buries it right, covers it up, runs, goes and and gets all of his money together, buys the land because mm. he's just he's like nothing nothing matters to me except this treasure, and and that's what so I think that's what Jesus is calling us into. He's like you we need to look at him, relationship with him, eternal life with him, as nothing else compares. Mm. And while we we work hard with our with our jobs to be good husbands and fathers and we care about a lot of things. At the end of the day, we need to care about him and our relationship with him so much more than everything else. So I hope that that's an encouragement for all of you um, and uh, that we can help orient and understand things that matter. Um, and that's what I like about this PSP is, is it starts our day off with, with simply that. So may we continue to do that each and every day and may God illuminate in our hearts those areas that we might have arranged improperly. And that might be even subconsciously we can place above God in our own lives and our own hearts. So good. Rick, that's so good. I've got a huge note here that I'm going to, I'm going to try to reach out to you afterwards as well to kind of process this. But when I heard you say sell everything, I was thinking about like ego, pride, like give it all away, get like, like become a empty vessel, if you will, like give, um, mm. give away your pride, your ego, and um, some of your comfort. So one of the one of the guys on PSP had a um, had an opportunity to pray with somebody this week. And it was a, a profound uh, divine encounter that Don Patton would call a holy hunch. And like to be void of yourself, your own ego, your own pride, seems like that's when the Holy Spirit can like speak to you where you actually hear him. And um, mm. anyway, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll circle back to you after this call. Uh, will you pray us into the rest of our, uh, rest of our Thursday, Rick? Thanks for leading again. Happy, happy to, yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. I pray that it would convict us in the right direction. I pray that you would show us the things that uh, we need to overcome in our lives. And you call us to have action to overcome, and you provide us for the way out. We're not in this alone, but we can't just expect you to do everything. So, Father, I thank you that you care enough to treat us as your sons and daughters, and that you have done everything that it takes. Uh, you have overcome everything, and then we just need to um, partner with you in that. 
and um, that we, so I pray that you would help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear the truth of who you are and what you desire for us and, and the beauty of what you have done. And that would stir our affections more than anything. In Jesus' name, amen. Well done, Rick.